Welcome to the Confessional Taco, a podcast exploring historic faith and practice rooted in the depths of Mexican-American culture. In our time, we want to invite you into the conversation on all things confessional, cultural, and hyphenated. My name is Marco, and I am a writer, a local pastor, and a preacher. And my name is Serge. I'm an educator, a musician, and a writer. And this is Taco Tuesday. Good morning, America. How are y'all doing today? Hopefully you guys are doing well. Uh, Here we are in the little taco booth podcasting office. Really, it's just Marco's office, but we're using it, so whatever. Uh, Marco, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well. We should call this the Taco Shack. That's what it should be. The Taco Shack. I like it. So you have the confessional bar. You have the Taco Shack. I have the Taco Shack, the confessional we have the confessional talker. Yeah, there we go. That Just works. That goes, that goes really well. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so tell me about your day. What have you been up to? What are you doing? Well, it's the morning. I know you, I know you like to talk about your day first. So. I, did, I don't want to talk about my day. You said that yesterday. Yeah. I wanted to talk about my day yesterday. yesterday. Oh, not today. Okay. <laughs> no. Not bad. I mean, my day is the same as yours. We've literally started <laughs> here in the taco shack on the whiteboard <laughs> And working through some of the audio issues. That's true. We had some audio issues because, you know, stuff happens. Um, But yeah, so we were outlining some stuff, kind of give you guys an overview of what we're going to be doing. Uh, We're going to be talking about folklore today. Um, We're also going to be, well, we're planning out several other podcasts that are kind of dense in nature, and therefore we want to make sure that we uh, speak about them in, um, in the correct way. We want to make sure that we speak about them so that we are not misunderstood about those topics. And so just to give you an example, we'll be talking about uh, alcohol. We will be talking about tattoos. We'll be talking about art in the church, which is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. And I want to make sure that we discuss that properly without missing any points that I want to make sure that I share and at the same time without being misunderstood. So uh, that's what we've been doing this morning. Uh Let's start off with our podcast. Uh, today we're going to be discussing folklore. Uh, what four things will we be discussing over there, Marco? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, like some 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 legends in uh, I guess in, in Hispanic indigenous culture. Uh, so we're going to be talking about lechuzas. We're going to be talking about la llorona. We're going to be talking about el huevo y el ojo. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should translate all of those. Yeah, no. you probably should. Okay. Fine. Do it. Translate uh, What is... I don't know what lechuza I mean, they means. could Google it, but... Yeah, they could. Lechuza's uh, an know. owl. Right. That would, yeah, yes, it's, it's an it owl. Is. That's right. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot that. Um, oh, it's eat though. There are, there are some words in English and Spanish that I still don't know very well. Well, that's what happens when you're Mexican. <laughs> yeah, that's the... That's living in the hyphen. So, <laughs> so that's lechu- uh, lechuza's and now also La Llorona is the... It's either the weep, weeping woman or the wailing woman. Either of those work, yeah. yeah. Uh, el huevo is the, the egg. egg. And then <laughs> the el ojo egg. is the eye. The eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to be talking about So, today. Uh, if you do not know these terms, um, you should really get cultured. You uncultured person. That's what you have? That, <laughs> that's what that's I have. It. <laughs> no, I was going to suggest Google. Uh, I think uh, there are some things that are going to be on Google that are going to be super helpful. Um, but 
Let's start off with uh, definitions. Folklore. What is folklore? Uh, I mean, they can Google it, right? Yeah, but. you should Google. <laughs> um, folklore. folklore. I mean, it's 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 a tradition of um, stories. It's a yeah. tradition of of beliefs within a given community. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's I, essentially what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, a uh, couple podcasts back, we were talking about the importance of storytelling and stories. And so that ties into folklore. Um, you're right on with your definition. Google says that. I know. Uh, hush. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Um, the folklore. It's a noun, <laughs> right? Uh, it's the traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed through the generations by word of mouth. And so uh, it really enhances a culture. Uh, the stories, the, the storytelling, all that stuff, it enhances the culture. So... In our community, we have folklore that, you know, is this, what we just talked about, like Llorona, El Huevo, excuse me, um, La Lechuza, and El Ojo. Um, so let's start off with La Lechuza, right? So we know that's an owl. La Lechuza is essentially a witch in an, in an owl's body. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a Lechuza is... Yeah, the a lechuza is a witch in what'd you say was the last part? In an owl's body. Yeah, in a white owl's body. In a white that's owl's right. body. That's there we go. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so it's a witch in a in in the form of a white owl. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have a story of the lechuza. Do you have a story? You shared one that was pretty cool. Well actually your brother My shared brother, one. Yeah. yeah. So you we, should, share that we one should really save quick? that one. For your for my dad, yeah, or my brother, whoever it is we have on the podcast, yeah. So uh, we're going to be doing some interviews as well, and um, we're either going to get Marco's dad or Marco's brother, um, in in here to talk about specifically that story because it's super interesting, y'all. Like it was really really interesting. Um, so my story, then I'll go with that one. Yeah, go with you. Um, so back in the day, uh, I used to hang out with some band members. Uh, I used to really enjoy um, doing random things at night. Uh, we would spend our nights at IHOP. We were really uh, into staying out late and um, having fun, like playing music and so, so, so on and so forth. And, and so if you're in the valley, you know this place called La Lomita, right? And so La Lomita is essentially uh, the very first establishment of a church here in the valley. Um, it's fenced in. It's a small little church. You go in there and like you, you hear all these creaks and, uh, you know, it smells like vintage. It smells like ancient, you know, and uh, it's a really beautiful place. I actually really love it. If you get a chance to go visit it, please do so. It's wonderful to be able to support that um, while we can because, you know, hopefully it doesn't get torn down. Um, but Isn't it a high school now? No, no, wait, you're talking about the chapel. The chapel, yeah. So next to it is that school that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. And so there's this field that separates them both. Um, and back in the day, this was, the, the legend has it, right, um, that it was an insane asylum uh, and that, you know, people would take their insane people over there. And <laughs> is that is that is that <laughs> PC, politically people. correct? Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, they would, they would take them over there and rumor has it, legend has it that it was haunted It eventually became haunted because of some stuff that was going down. And so 
if you were growing up in the Valley, you wanted really, really like badly to go and investigate. Like that was one of the things to do to break in and investigate. And so uh, my friends and I decided that we wanted to go do that. And so in the process, we realized that it was actually really quite difficult to enter the place. And so we just went to the chapel instead. And so we were there at night. We broke in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please don't break into places. Don't take after me. Take after God. Take after Christ. Moving let, on. Let this story point you to Jesus. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> let my story point you to Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Seriously. Um, and so we were, we broke in and we decided to take pictures at night at, in the chapel. And we were taking pictures, uh, like back in the day, like the cell phones, like it just started, you know, becoming like better. And mm-hmm. so we were really stoked about it. So we left the chapel and we got in a red car and it was my friend, um, we'll call him Bob. Um, I, I just don't know if I should mention his name or not. So we'll call him Bob. So he was driving and as we were driving out, I was like, hey man, I really need to go to the restroom. So we stopped and I went outside and I, I used the restroom in the field. Um, and as I'm using the, re- like I'm going to the restroom, uh, I look towards the insane asylum and I see this white robe, like clear as day. Right. And I'm freaking out. I'm scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is true. I thought it wasn't like, I'm freaking out. And so I like zip up my pants and I run towards the car. And, zip up my yeah. pants. And then I saw my friend Bob and like the people that were with us. I was like, y'all see that? And like, they're like, they saw it too. And so we got in the car and we started speeding. Like there's a, it's a dirt road to, to get to the main road. And so we started speeding on the dirt road. And then in that process, like we, I looked to the side, the white robe, like person, lady, whatever it was is gone. And I swear to you, there is this massive white owl that just brushed up against the car. Like when, like the, the span was as wide as a windshield, like all of us freaked out. We like, like we went into the ditch, we got back out and like, we just drove away. Oh my God. And as we were driving on the main road, the owl again swoops down and goes across the car, like toward this time through the back. And so we're scared, like, like crazy. And so we finally drive, get on the highway and we drive to IHOP to like discuss what just happened. And, um, as we're discussing what happened, like we're all freaking out. We're like, did you see that? Did you see that? Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Like we're all on the same page. We're sharing the same story. Um, and as we're looking through the photos of what, of what we took inside the chapel, uh, one of my friends, we'll call him Jeremy. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, Bob and Jeremy. Um, so Jeremy was looking at his phone and he starts like freaking out. And so we, he hands his phone over to everyone and there's like five of us. And so I look at it and by the altar, so, uh, the chapel has an altar in the front, you know that, right? Mm -hmm. And so by the altar where he was standing and like, we snapped a picture of him was an angel, like an, an outline of an angel. Like it was creepy like and it was a white outline your typical like if you watch if you watch ghost like shows like it's Mm -hmm. that typical right like it's almost like (laughs) yeah it's almost super typical to the point where you're like okay this cannot be real yeah um and so we we saw it and we're like scared out of our mind and so legend has is that the latusa appears something bad's gonna happen right and so eventually um jeremy gets diagnosed with cancer uh, and then we were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so we spent a week in fast 
and a week in prayer. And then after that week, uh, the doctors were like, there is nothing there anymore. And so all that to say, this was my experience with Latusa, and I'm never going to forget it. And I swear <laughs> till the day I die that that was real. Because I don't care happened. who tells me that, it, that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but it was absolutely real. It happened. Uh, and needless to say, I do not step foot in the, uh, around that place at night anymore. I do go during the day though, just because it's really beautiful. It is, yeah. yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have a story, nor do I have an experience like that with a Lechusa. My only, the only experience that I could remember was I was still living at home, and I think I was with a friend of mine, and we were, um, we were in the front yard of my parents' house, and we were in the bed of my truck, laying down talking. And my neighbor had this really big tree um, to to the north of, of my parents' house. And so we're talking and we're hanging out. It was one day after work, I think. And I remember seeing this large white owl um, fly into the tree and hang and, and, and like hung out of the tree. No, I don't And like, like bore its eyes at us. <gasps> And I remember, and so we got up, her mom was super into like, uh, some of these legends, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these indigenous legends. And so she was raised, I think with a more dense fear than I was. And so we jumped like, and I just ran home and <laughs> she got in her <laughs> car out. and left. Deuces, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see you later. I'll see you tomorrow at work. You know, <laughs> and that was Maybe. that was my only experience with. So it's not very, it's not as intense as yours. But I remember oh, just terrifying. seeing that oh, and God. freaking out. It's um, scary. I mean, yeah. just the sheer like a uh, the size of these things. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like even just owls, like normal owls, the size of these things are massive. Right. And Latusas, Latusas are supposed to be witches trapped in the body of an owl, and so like they're. Yeah. Bigger, yeah, they're bigger. I mean, you y'all can make fun of me all you want, but they're you massive. Never know. But you, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, right? Like, um, these are these are stories that we've been told. These yeah. are experiences that we've had. Yeah. These are this is our folklore, right? And yeah. so, um, like, how does that tie into like our belief. Yeah. That's the hard part. That's so, yeah, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the best pieces of, of advice that I ever got, let me actually let me back up a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think two things, I think this one thing from scripture, uh, I said this one piece of, of, of wisdom from scripture. And then I think of this one piece of, advice that I was given Mm -hmm. as a, as a new Christian. So the one, the one area that I go to with scripture, I think it's Hebrews nine 27, I think. And it's what the writer of Hebrews says. Um, everyone is appointed a a time to die and then they are judged. So you close your eyes. The next time you open them, you're, you're before the King, right? That's some Um, intense stuff right there. Yeah. So I, I, I take Hebrews nine in and I, and I, um, pair it up with 
I think I was a brand new Christian. I think you were there. Yeah. I think it was, it yeah. was you and Maya maybe. Anyway, yeah. so we were walking out of this cigar lounge one day and I asked our pastor, uh, what about ghosts? Yeah. What about some of these like urban legends that we grew up with? Right. And his answer was really simple. And 11 years later, I still hold to it where he says, if you go and look for a demon, you're going to find one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and in addition to that, you were talking about this off offline where part of that is for really, it's part of that is that, that demons jobs, not just are to like, uh, part of their job is to also deter you yes. away from, um, from the person and work of Jesus. And right. so I think, I think it's those two things that I, that I hold on to, um, to say to, to to find comfort yeah. in the truth, to yeah. find comfort in not engaging them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I think if I were to see a lechuza one day, I'd be like demon, and I just I, <laughs> I would just run the other direction, both out of fear for who it is yeah. and fear of like what I know to be true. Like, right, I, don't, right. I don't want any of it. I'm, I don't I'm want it, the urban legend. I don't want a demon. Yeah. Like we don't want to be friends. F that. No, so. yeah. no exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think you bring, I, I love that, um, that piece of advice, right? Like it's so simple, but mm-hmm. it holds so much truth. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to go looking for it, you're going to find it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think of, um, so there's this movie that I really, really enjoy. It's called Pie by Darren Aronofsky. It's actually his startup film. It's super good. It's black and white, staticky looking, like great film. Like, uh, what is it? What's that called? Cinematography. Cinematography. I filmography. Know. I like filmography. Yeah. Let's call it that. Um, okay. And so in <laughs> the scene. Um, so the whole pur- purpose of this this movie is this dude gets stuck trying to find a pattern in the stock market. Mm. Right. And so he starts seeing this one pattern, right? And it's the golden ratio and he sees it everywhere. Um, and then he goes and visits his mentor, his math mentor. And his math mentor is like, no, you know, like uh, you, you didn't find a pattern. These are things that just randomly happen in nature. But if you're stuck wanting to find that pattern, you're going to find it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like he says, you know, like you get stuck with uh, three, uh, 215 steps or something like that. Uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to find 215 steps from your house to the elevator. You're going to find 215 seconds from this to that. You're going to find 215 yeah. seconds. So you're going to, if you look for it, you're going to find it. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of gold in that. There's a yeah. lot of truth in that. I think that we as as believers need to understand that um, what we look for, we're going to find because we're yeah. so like clenched to find these things. Yeah. And at the same time, um, like we, we were talking about the, the, the deterrence, right? Like, yeah. um, and it's a simple deterrence too. It's just like uh, scripture says, you know, like change the rudder just a little bit and yeah. you end up like in stu- super strange seas, right? And so yeah. uh, the whole purpose of this is to like deter you, right? And so the the job of a demon uh, is to deter from, the, from your walk, mm-hmm. right? And so um, all that to say, like, the Jesus are real. Yeah. Done. I mean, I always <laughs> found it entertaining, sure. kind of, when uh, I would watch those, those ghost hunter shows. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, looking to see if a certain building is haunted. And then they would say, well, let's bring in the priest. <laughs> and the <laughs> priest would come. And I remember, like, why would you be there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, why? What's the purpose of you being why there, dude? Why are you looking for it? 
you know, and the priest would come out and be like, oh, yeah, this place is definitely haunted. I'd be like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Why would you be what? there? <laughs> exactly, guy. Why yeah. are you there? Exactly. That's what they want you to yeah. know. Or that's what they want you to believe. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guy. You're, you're falling for it, bro. You're yeah. falling. Yeah, exactly. That's good. And and so <laughs> I guess the, the, the ultimate, the big question here is, is it, is it wrong for us to one, believe in this and two, share these stories? Yeah. What do you think? I don't, I don't know. I have no answer for that. I don't know. I think going back to, uh, sound doctrine and wise advice, like I would pair that with these urban legends. Okay. You know what I mean? Like my son, uh, he's going to, he's going to hear some of these things. I think, uh, like one, he's going to hear them from my brothers. He's heard them from me. He's going to hear them at school. Like I don't, I don't knock any of that. Right. But, um, I do want more than, more than the stuff of urban legends. Right. I do want him knowing, uh, what sound truth is. There you go. Uh, I do want him having wise and sound advice so that when this stuff happens or when this stuff comes up, he's able to, I don't want to just say I only like, I don't want to only say to combat it, yeah. but he's able to find comfort in the truth from God's word. Yeah. The not truth necessarily, of the gospel, yeah, exactly. Not necessarily an urban legend of, uh, man, if this, if this owl flies, that either means something bad's going to happen. I've heard a variety of things. It's right. something bad's going to happen. Death is imminent. Um, someone is pregnant. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, someone is pregnant. And then the other one is like, uh, kind of going under the category of something bad's going to happen that let only show up when like a husband and a wife are having like a, a lover's quarrel yeah. or, or, or they're in an argument or they're sure. in a really bad place maritally let show up um, that to kind of like, I don't know, keep Warm. it going or something like that. Oh, no, like, to keep like, it keep going? It going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's what they want. And so, uh, anyway, so with that stuff, my son could be able to be like, oh yeah, Lechu says stupid owls. Like, yeah. but this is, this is what scripture says. This, this, exactly. this is where I find my comfort. Yeah. That's good. I think, um, we, we can move on to the other ones, but I, I, a good thing to remember is that scripture that you shared with us in the beginning, which is in Hebrews, right? Like that ultimately, um, you know, a, a day is appointed and, um, mm-hmm. And we, I guess I would love for us to remember that not for the sake of being like a pessimist, but for the sake of understanding that like days are counted. You know, scripture tells us that life is but a vapor, mm-hmm. right? One day we're here, one day we're not. And so, um, man, this this is honestly honestly a push for me. Um, so if you don't want to hear this, that's fine. But like really live in the present, Uh and enjoy the time that you have. Yeah. Um, or the Lechusa is going to come and get you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is Hebrews to actually quote it. There you go. Well, this is Hebrews nine twenty seven. So the writer says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once. And after that comes judgment. Oof. And so, um, so I can, I can find, uh, I can find both comfort and conviction in that, in that verse. But as it pertains to our conversation, yeah, I can find comfort in that verse uh, when it comes to seeing 
an owl that is white and, right. you know, uh, whether it actually be a witch or not, I don't think that's the point. The point is like, yeah, that's just a white owl. Yes. Like, I don't really care. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I won't lie. So, so here, here <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this there's other There's no lie. There's like, another side to I, this. I would be lying if I said my first response to a white owl I would be lying if I said my, my response would be biblical. You know, oh, I, <laughs> I will one hundred percent tell you that they yeah. won't be biblical. Like the only <laughs> biblical part would be like, oh Jesus, yes. oh Jesus, oh yeah, exactly. Somehow, I, like, también. Yeah. So here at our house, we have all these little animals that that hang out here a lot. I think I've told you about yeah. them. And so, like in the mornings, there is this gang of chickens that roams the neighborhood. <laughs> And they hang out here at the house between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. They're just, and then they go to the next house. Anyway, one of the other animals that hangs out here is a baby owl. And oh, I've named cute. him Jack. And so, Jack. so sometimes Jack comes out at night. And the first time I saw Jack, he, uh, you know, he was, he was owling, right? He was doing his little who thing. Little owl stuff. And, uh, and I'm not going to lie. Like... The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, like I'm freaking out. And so, and and my wife is seeing me, kind of like my eyes are getting really big. Right. And Rebecca is from Southern California. Didn't really grow up with some of these urban legends. Um, plus, she's also half Polish, so she has her own. She and, has her uh, sauerkraut yeah, stuff. Yeah, she has her sauerkraut stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so she's like, what's wrong? It's just a baby owl. I'm like, you don't understand. You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> but it took her tell, showing me like it's just one. It wasn't a white owl. Two, right. it was a baby owl. Right. And I was like, oh, oh like I, <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're, we're good. We're OK. Yeah. We're, we're in a good season, right? You love me still. <laughs> and, <laughs> we're not fighting, right? <laughs> but yeah, my first response was one of. Fear. Yeah, and sure. And it took me a while to be like, oh, man, man dies once and judged. Man dies. <laughs> Why do Mexicans really enjoy instilling fear into their kids' lives, Oh, man? my God. I don't know. I think it. that's a whole other thing. It really is. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the whole instilling fear is like, you better do good or else. Yeah. Like, there's always something far worse. There's something far worse that's coming at you. Um, let's move on to the next one. So, this next one... Uh, La Llorona, yeah. right? And so uh, you can do some research on La Llorona. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, legend behind it. But one of the first things, one of the first mentions was by in a poem by Manuel Carrillo. Or no, what was Carpillo. it? Carpillo. Um, and it's a sonnet. It's a really beautiful poem. We'll go ahead and link the poem to the podcast notes so you guys can go read it. Um, cause, um, I don't want to, I don't like, I want to do it justice and it's better that, that you read it, but, uh, essentially mentions like, uh, what the, the theme of the poem or the, the idea behind it is uh, there's a lot of, uh, agony. There's a lot of pain, uh, in this poem. There's a lot of hurt. And so when we talk about La Llorona, we have your typical, like, oh, there is this lady and she drowned her kids in the canal and now she like roams the canal and she is crying out for her kids that's one right mm -hmm. and then there's another one la malinche which is super interesting so if you get a chance go ahead and google that um and uh there's that one and there i mean there's several different types of stories 
but in all of these, there's this idea of a crying woman, um, that she's in pain, that she's in agony, uh, she's full of sorrow. So let's talk a little bit about that, Marco. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts about the woman that you just described? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Have you heard her? No, I no. have not heard her. Do you know anyone that has? <laughs> my friend Adrian. Uh, Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. So he. I don't. I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> um, Adrian used to be in uh, the Boy Scouts. In that's his first problem. That's his first problem. Boy Scouts. He was in the Boy Scouts in, in over here in Mission, and one of their nothing good happens in Mission. The, well, exactly. And so <laughs> one of their, um, uh, I guess one of their camping trips, like to, like before they actually went out into the woods to like, set up your tent, figure out how to start fire <clears> on your own. They did a couple of practice runs at Ansaldúa's Park. Okay. And so one of their practice camping trips, I guess, they go out to Ansaldúa's Park. And Adrian, according to the, according to Adrian, uh, and for those, of our, for those of you listening, Ansaldúa's Park is, is located right smack on the Rio Grande River. Right. And so, I, man, I don't know. Maybe Real quick. Sorry uh, to interrupt you. Yeah. Like, it's important to mention as well that uh, these are um, localized yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like so, my incident, uh, my event happened right on the border as well, mm-hmm. like the river. It was yeah. right there too. Yeah, 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 so yeah. go ahead, Ansel yeah, Lewis Park. So, so Adrian tells me they all went to Ansel Lewis Park to do this like practice camping trip for the big one. And set up the tent, and he said in the middle of the night. And it's not really, got chills. Yeah, it's not really an experience, <laughs> but, but uh, in, in the sense that he could hear a wailing sound. I'll say that he could hear <laughs> a wailing sound, but he could not tell if it was just the river and okay. and like the trees. So he's tr- he's trying to like legitimize this. Yes, like, for himself. He's, he's just sure. like I can't. He's also young, and so yeah. he's like I I could not tell if it was an individual. Or if it was just the river and the trees kind of doing their Causing thing. some sort of sound. And because sure. it sounded, it sounded like it was at a distance. Okay. Uh, but if it, uh, and he was like, that's, that's all I got. Like, you yeah. didn't see anything. Nothing happened. The next day they went about their, their responsibilities. Right. Uh, but I've never had an experience. But Adrian, that was the only one that I can think of off the top of my head is Adrian's experience when he was in the Boy Scouts and doing this trip out of town. Right. Louis. And he heard a wailing sound, and he couldn't determine whether it was a person or it was just the trees whistling and the river kind of just doing its thing. Right. You know, I've never really had an experience with La Llorona as, as well. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I It usually happens near a river or some sort of water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because she drowned her kids. Yeah. Uh, legend has it, right? And so uh, what I do know is that it's, again, like my parents would tell me about this um, so that I can like not get close to deep water. Yeah. So it was just like the story behind La Llorona to me growing up was, oh, if like I get close to deep water, I'm going to hear this person. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, till this day, I don't know how to swim because I was terrified of water. <laughs> like, yeah. Lifeguard over here laughing at me. Um, I, I can doggy paddle like a beast. I'm, I'm really good at that. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not like a very good swimmer. And I, I strongly feel like it's because yeah. of like the, my fear of water comes from that. Like yeah. if I get near water, I'm going to hear this and then I'm going to drown. Like she's yeah. going to drown me. She's going to grab me and like, I don't know, drag me down to the depths of whatever. Yeah. What's interesting about that is, so my parents would tell me, um, <laughs> stories about Lechuzas and La Llorona as if they were not, not urban legends, but they wouldn't tell me the stories as a way of instilling fear. Hmm. They would just tell like, these are stories. These like, are stories. Like my mom, my mom has known about La Llorona. I don't know. She'd never had an experience, mm-hmm. but she was just telling me this is what it is. Right. You know, and it's funny about, you know, jumping in deep water, uh, because Ugh. I won't, I that won't dolphins. jump like, I don't mind the ocean oddly, but when it comes to a pool, like, uh, jumping in the deep end of a pool, I always think a shark is going to come out in a pool. Yes. Why? I don't know. That's okay. That's weird. It is. I'm not weird. It's no, that's weird. That's actually a very common thing. I was surprised to find out that sharks the in a pool one. is a common thing. No, the fear of a shark coming out. That's weird. It's super weird because I think because when you jump off of the diving board, you're so vulnerable. <laughs> what if a shark comes out? The vulnerability of a diving board. Yeah. So that's weird, dude. Yeah. That I don't know. Okay, if you have had that similar fear, we want to hear from you. Hashtag Taco Sharks. Taco. And- <laughs> <laughs> or no, hashtag shark taco. Shark taco. Yeah. There you go. So. Uh, along that note, like uh, we want, we did want to mention La Llorona. And like I said, there's a lot of information out there specifically about La Llorona. Um, and legend has it like, uh, you know, we have that La, La Malinche and it's super fascinating. Um, so we don't want to like, we don't want to overdo it with La Llorona, especially because we both haven't had an experience with it. Um, However, we do encourage you guys to go and look it up and do some reading. If you have had an experience with La Llorona, please email us. Uh, what's our email? Theconfessionaltaco at gmail.com. Yeah, that one. Theconfessionaltaco at gmail.com. And we would love to read that. That would be incredible just because, um, you know, experience teaches us a lot of things. And so we'd love to hear from you on that. Um, because this is going to be a lengthier podcast, I want to go ahead and move on to the next one, which is El Huevo. Yeah. The egg. It works. Huh? It works. It works? Uh-huh. Yeah? Tell me about it. Well, what, I mean, what, okay. What is the purpose of El Huevo? What does a Huevo do? What is the process <laughs> of El Huevo? Uh, you know, we're going to later on have a podcast specifically about Curandero and like the holistic healing. Yeah. Um, but El Huevo is a big part of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you grew up in a Mexican household and you somehow did not experience El Huevo, Dios vaya contigo. I don't know. Yeah. My, uh, go ahead. My, my top five things in a medicine cabinet in my household, both in Mexico and here in the States, was uh, an egg, Vicks, uh, Pentraxil, which is penicillin. Penicillin. Uh, tempra, which is like, uh, ibuprofen on steroids <laughs> and and tequila because if you had a really like everybody's like of course you would have tequila but in the sense of I remember as a kid when I would have serious fevers 104, 105 my grandma and my mom would have me take a shot of tequila to try and break the fever yeah and uh, my mom did too yeah and then my uncle would always tell me see nuts 
si no se te quita, se te olvida. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so going back to, it's really paired, right? El huevo right. y el ojo. And so I feel like I want to start with el ojo first in the sense of that's, that's the evil eye. And so if an individual or a witch gave you evil, gave you the evil eye and wished harm upon you and wished illness upon you, just wished ill upon you, it could affect you mm -hmm. uh, physically like that of the symptoms of a flu. Right. Um, and so what my mom would do, uh, I'm sure many other moms, um, so what my mom would do, I would tell my mom, like, this is what's going on. I feel sick. I might stay home from school. What my mom would do is she would have me lay down and... Uh, and so we'll get into further detail with this, but one of the things my mom would do is she would rub an egg all over my body. Uh, interestingly enough, she would rub this egg all over my body while praying the rosary. Such a... Yes. Two very different periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so after she would be done... Now, I've heard this part... Uh, I've heard this part done one of two two ways. So after she was done, she would crack the egg in a cup... And some, this is the part where, where I've heard it differently. Some people say the egg, the, the, the egg yeah. would then go underneath the bed. But okay. my mom would yeah, always put it, yeah, my mom would always put it on the windowsill. Mm. And um, either way, the point was, the point of the egg was, um, if somebody did give me, or an individual, the evil eye, the egg would turn green, I think. I think that was a clear or red. Yeah, I, I think, think that's green. right. It was green. Yeah, so the egg would turn green, and essentially what the egg did was trap the spirit. Mm. And and that was the source of my symptoms. Um, the but, evil uh, spirit of yeah, the flu. Someone give me the evil eye. But if uh, but if the egg didn't, nothing happened to the egg, I, I was just really sick. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I don't know um, which is worse. So Yeah, I well... I don't know either. That's yeah. a good question. So anyway, so yeah, that was that was how, how my mom uh, did it. I know other people's experiences were slightly different, right? But yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, my experience was very similar uh, to like, okay, alguien te dio ojo, vamos a, let's do let's do the egg, let's do the huevo, um, and then it was the same same thing. Like it would change color. This is what it was, so on and so forth. And I, I find it interesting that like there, it was a um, a mending of two uh, mending of two worlds, worlds. really. Yeah, two yeah. worlds. You had mentioned earlier when we were outlining this that like it was um, like I believe indigenous and spirituality. Yeah, and then at the same time like uh, our Christianity, right? Like our walk with Christ, and it's yeah, it's so weird if it, you think about it. It really like, is, um, and. I guess to, to people on the outside, to people that don't like really understand it, like it would be almost wrong. Yeah. Um, but to me, I'm like, like, I, I don't see any, I don't see any, not necessarily, not any wrong. Like, um, I think it was almost like a, like an object just being used, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm not worshiping this egg, <laughs> like, you know, um, 
It's, it's, uh, you know, the way I took it, it was almost like a anointing oil Mm -hmm. almost. Right. Um, and so there's this mixture of two worlds and sure there's like some, you know, some gray areas there and, um, there's no denying that, but I guess it comes down ultimately to like, who's the one doing the healing? Who's the one taking care of that? Yeah. It's not the egg, right? Yes. It's, 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 (laughs) it's the ultimate healer and that, that, that's God. And so, um, I guess really understanding that is key. Like I don't, I mean, I don't use the egg anymore just because like I cook them instead because <laughs> <laughs> they're good. Uh, but like if I were to experience that again, like I wouldn't, I don't think I would think twice about it. I say, I don't think because I don't know if on the spot, like, you know, things might change, mm-hmm. but um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think mine are... I think it's difficult. Yeah, I think mine are similar in yeah. the sense of, like, what's important is is who's doing the healing, uh, and do I know that, right? Right, I don't, right. I don't know... Um, I don't know if, if individuals who really go the route of using an egg, like... It just sounds like it, it. It just sounds like there is so much intercession going on. Yes, it's like I'm asking these uh, ancestral beliefs or these indigenous beliefs to play a role. I'm asking Jesus to play a role. <laughs> I'm asking the authority of the Catholic Church to play a role. Like it's, <laughs> it's all these it's worlds. Like so much intercession is going on. Because of the stupid flu. There's like no doubt I'm going to get healed. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and uh, and so I think as a result of that, I mean, you do you really do run. Um, I think you do run the risk of walking into dangerous territory sure, as a result sure. of all of that. Absolutely. Um, and I think looking back, like with using my son as an example, like I don't rub an egg on Seth's head when he has like flu like symptoms. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I'm just like, you need to drink a lot of water, a ton of Gatorade, no milk, eat this, don't eat that. You'll and be here's some Vicks. Yeah, here's some Vicks. Yeah. <laughs> Take your socks off. Take you know? your socks like, yeah, yeah. off. Put it back on. Put it on his chest and yep. all this stuff. You know what I mean? And so. Um, like I don't do that to him. Right. Um, but I, similar to what we were talking about earlier, but I know I've told him about my experience Yeah. and he's like, so dad, does that work? I'm like, no, 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 that maybe my mom did it out of comfort, man. Cause it kind of felt good. I don't know, but no, we don't do the egg. Yeah, that's um, so interesting. Like someone maybe- didn't give, give you evil eye. This jerk of a kid sneezed on you. Like <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned like your mom doing it and maybe it was out of comfort. Like, um, that just made me think of like, maybe the people that are like, uh, for for example, our our moms, right? Like them doing it or, or my aunt, I remember too, like, could it be that maybe like, they're like, Hey, this is, this is what I can do for my son right now. Yeah. You know, like comfort for her, not necessarily for anyone else. Like her acting as like, this is what I can do. And I, and I'm praying to God that this is going to help. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's one of those two. Maybe it is. Maybe it, yeah, maybe it was, you know, people in the South have what they call Southern comfort. Yeah. You know, they, I don't know what they eat, boiled peanuts. And, um, and we have, uh, our own comfort. Quesadillas. (laughs) Quesadillas. Quesadillas. Migas. Migas. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. That's good. That's good. And so you had, you had mentioned a little bit about, um, okay. The importance here again to underline is, is who's doing the healing. Yeah. Right. If, if we stay focused on that, we understand that then, um, we know that healing does not come from a chicken's butt. Right. right. It comes from God creator. Pre-birds. It does not come from pre-birds. <laughs> pre-birds. <laughs> oh, that was good. Because well, I think about like, I like, Je- that. like Jesus, yeah, Jesus healing uh, the blind man with like mud. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like the mud had special powers. Yeah. It's, it's the, like, yeah. So did he have to use like, the mud? Spit on his hands and use mud to, to make a blind man see like, yeah. spit and mud. Yeah. Right. Did he have to use the mud? No, no, he didn't have to. Not at all. Right. We, we look at the story of the woman that has been bleeding for years. Like she was just like, if I can just simply touch his robe. Right. Right. Like, uh, could, could Jesus have done it either way? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cause I think about Hebrews one where he's like, uh, man, he sustains things through the power of his word. Yeah. Like he could have just said, yeah, dude, you're just not blind anymore. Yeah. Like it's oh, all boy, good. good. You know, I'll see you at the coffee shop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So he didn't have to use it. And right. so, um, but it's interesting. But yeah. you, you, you see really through like the gospel of Mark, like the idea of the miracles is to like Jesus performs them to point them to something greater. Yes. Right. And then at some point, I think it's in Luke, uh, and Matthew it records it as well. But at some point Jesus gets uh, like irritated and upset because it's like, now you're just looking for miracles and you forget Forgets. what these were, who yeah. they were about. Um, he goes, I did those in the beginning you? to point you to the one who's greater. Right. And now all you want is the miracle without knowing the one who's the yeah. greater one. And, well, uh, that's good. and so I think, I think there's that, I think there's an element of that in, in there. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? That's a really good point. Um, and lastly, let's think, let's talk about ojo. Yeah. Everybody eye. has everybody has ojo. Yeah, it's dirty. It's just it's just like it's <laughs> like people people like I think people hear this and be like I would never give someone the evil eye. It's like yeah, but it's also named so many other things. Like man, somebody's just giving you the death stare. Someone's just giving you stank eye. Like there's all these there's things. All these things. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me here is that like uh, we are really good at blaming others. Yeah, for our mistake or our failures. Like I know I'm really good at it. Like I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to blame myself for things that I do. Yeah. Like I always want to find a reason to do things, right? (laughs) Like, um, like I, I, like, no, it's your fault that I'm doing this. It's your fault that I'm doing this. Like, no, no, like take, take, take charge of, you know, my own mistakes and, uh, and move on. And so in that sense, like, Ojo is hilarious, right? Like, oh, me dio el ojo and I'm, you know, I dropped my food or uh, like I'm sick now or like I have, I don't know, pimples or ingrown hairs or whatever. That's gross. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but um, I personally don't know where this came from. Do you? El ojo? No, no? I don't. Um, all, yeah. I, all I know is that ever since I was very little we've always discussed El Ojo. Like every time in Monterrey, when I would go visit over the summers with my grandpa, my grandma, my uncles, my cousins, my aunt, like, alguien te dio ojo? ¿Quién te dio ojo? ¿Dónde estabas? All this other stuff. Um, And so it became like a very natural, normal thing growing up, you know, until this day, like, uh, like even at work or whatever, like, 
coworkers and I was like, ah, te, te dieron ojo. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, uh, and, and so I think the funny part here is like, uh, the, the things that people do to correct the fact that they gave you ojo. Like if they, mm-hmm. if they realize it, like, ah, te di ojo. Um, like they'll, like they'll, like if it's ojo for the, like the hats or whatever, like they'll touch the hat, like, you know, like, yeah, déjame tocarte para, para quitarte el ojo. Right. And so they still do that. Um, and so I don't see any harm in it. Like, I mean, if we're looking at this logically, no. <laughs> yes. So, so listen to this, um, man, I'll try to break it up. This is really good. This is coming from, uh, an article out of Michigan state, uh, university. Yeah. Uh, I hate so Michigan. Court- Whatever, man. I don't know. say Buckeyes all day. <sighs> no one cares. <laughs> so, Okay. Uh, the article reads, according to the stupid, uh, the stupid, according to the superstition, <laughs> this illness, uh, so the evil eye, this illness results from the perception that some people possess innate strength, the power to harm those without disadvantage. The weak included women, elderly, babies, and young children, while men or wealthy and politically influential individuals make up for the strong. Moreover, wow. it was strongly feared. <laughs> yeah. Moreover, it was strongly feared that when a powerful person stares at a weak individual, the eyes of the strong person drain the power and soul from the weak one, regardless of intention. Harry Potter style. Boom. In these cultures, the condition can also occur when an individual stares at something or someone with admiration. The person observed may become sick. And a valued object, unless touched shortly after, yeah. a person with evil eye appreciated it, uh, may, be bro- may become broken. Reported afflictions by those uh, the evil eye is intended for, compromise of inconsolable crying, fitful sleep, diarrhea, vomiting, and fever. <laughs> I never had the diarrhea. Nor have I. I just had the fever. Uh, yeah, I... I had the uncontrollable crying because I'm a four. Enneagram four. Y'all should take an that's Enneagram test. first thing that's wrong with you. What the? <laughs> Calm down. Enneagram one. Exactly. The right one. No, that's, that's the most, that's the most <laughs> jerk one. I like how one. you got nothing. That's the most jerk one. What are you talking about? That is the worst. Yeah, but you got nothing right I don't, away. I don't. I don't. Because <laughs> it's not like you're wrong, <laughs> and, which I hate. Stupid. Um uh. And so, okay, so that one's super interesting to me because, so essentially everybody is weak unless you're male mm-hmm. or rich. Or rich. Or, or rich. Or have political influence. That's which, crazy. Yeah. I never heard that. That's, I'd, I'd never heard that one either. That's I, insanity I just, to me. Yeah. I'd never heard that some people possess special powers yeah. and others don't. I think I thought it was just something like someone just channeled. Yeah. Like, that's what, it was some I, sort I of channeling. so much ill will toward this person that I'm just going to burn them. They Joel Olsteined it. Yeah, they Joel Olsteined them. <laughs> <laughs> so stop calling it Oak and call it Joel. They should call it the Osteen. The Osteen. El, el Osteen. El Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joel Osteen. So, what a man, so yeah, man. so that's a, uh, and then there are tons of responses to that. And but so, yeah, I've never, I've never heard that. The, yeah. the, the male one, the wealthy, the political, I've never heard that. I thought it was just an individual yeah, same channeling here. just, the amount of anger and the fact that they like that it says like, it's just like power. Yeah, exactly. Because here it's saying it's it's drawing from weak people. Yeah. because they're weak. Where I've heard it, it's I'm just so angry, angry and yes. emotional yeah. that I just wish ill upon this yes. individual. Yes, that's the way. That's the way I've heard it. <laughs> that's the right way. That's the. Right. <laughs> 
If you're gonna do it right, uh, you you're know, gonna, if you're gonna right. wish ill upon someone. Yes, this absolutely. Way, even if you're poor, you know. Um, but if you think about it, like even the, the what you just read, like this idea of like innate power, um, like it doesn't, um, it doesn't truly connect with um, what we know to be true, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, in fact. Uh, what we do know to be true is that it, grace only happens in humility. Yeah. And so to feel like you have this power to <laughs> like gain the souls of people because yeah. you're a male or like yeah. you're politically awesome or rich or whatever that might be like is as a is super weird to me. I, yeah, I, don't, I wonder if that. I wonder I if this like article is more personal than informative. Yeah, because I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> no, I just hate you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And so, um, we need to start wrapping this up because we're here's here's way one over quick time. sentence. I've never heard this either. Okay, it's go. just one sentence. Go. And so it reads: the shape of the yoke. So talking about after the yeah, egg yeah, yeah. Have been cracked. The shape of the yoke can also convey the gender of the enemy. What? I have never heard what? that. Really? It's a pre-bird, man. Yeah. It's not. You it's, cook them and eat them. cook them and eat them. You make migas out of them. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like Welcome to teacher. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm going to crack this egg. It was a male. It was a white political. Political male. male. <laughs> You're just like no, uh, no, dude, no. I, I think those are the those are the kinds of things where you're like you're really now trying to force it out yes, of it. Like this yes. is no, 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 no it's not. not. Nobody has no. special powers. No one can wish this upon you. Like you're sick because someone sneezed on you, or you're sick because you drank expired milk. Like which I did in California, thanks to my sister. There you go. Gross. Yeah, part, it's part of it is like you're sick because of someone or something you did. Yeah, uh, that's it. Like you, that's it. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's like no, man. Uh, you know, it's it's because this one, this yeah. person looked at me like no, no. It's because <laughs> it was a white yeah. male that's politically yeah, exactly. awesome. It's no, it's because you allowed Cindy in second period to sneeze on you. <laughs> you know. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. Appreciate you know, that because you didn't wash your hands. That's why you have yeah. hepatitis C. Like you know what I mean. Like it's just not somebody <laughs> that didn't. took a whole leap right there. <laughs> but I'm man. just saying it goes back to you people have, like you not really wash your hands, so now you have hepatitis C. Yeah, it's Come all on, it is. It's just poop. Like and so that's really people going back to the whole like not taking ownership. You can like, just say like you get sick eye, a little bit. Like, no, you just didn't wash your hands because you're a disgusting human being. Seriously, like, y'all need a shower. Yeah, exactly. Do some showering. Um, all right, so we're going to close this out. And I think the, the, the biggest thing that we want you guys to understand here is that ultimately, like, um, these stories are not bad. Uh, they're not, uh, they're folklore, right? So you need to understand that folklore is folklore. It's culture-based. It's cultural stories. Um, on top of that, what we really want you to understand is that um, God is at the center, right? Like, you have to you have to fully understand that, that um you know, one, one day we're going to not be here and we are going to be standing in front of the judgment seat and um, Jesus even then interceding for us. And so, um, you know, it, it, the object doesn't matter. 
the fact that, you know, healing happens because God creator heals, right? Healing happens because he cares, um, you know, and, and in all of this, the big picture is uh, do not let these things deter you from the truth of the gospel, that Jesus came to save sinners and rose again and intercedes for those sinners continuously. So uh, all that being said, Pastor Marker, give us our benediction. Yeah, I my benediction would be to stand firm Boom. in the truth of God's word. Stand firm on the ground that Christ has already conquered. Uh, stand firm when these urban legends come your way so that you wouldn't be deterred uh, from the purpose and glory of God. Go with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on The Confessional Taco. If you'd like to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at The Confessional Taco. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Confessional Taco, or head on over to our website, theconfessionaltaco.com, and hit us up.